It's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab a drink and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girl's night, all wrapped up into one. Well, ladies and gent, Patrick. I know Patrick listens to these. Yeah, he's a stand. He's loyal. He's a loyal fellow. He's like, what am I going to do when I'm on deployment? I'm like, well, because he's not all the way caught up. I'm like, you need to download these episodes and then I will send you flash drives of new oh. episodes. <laughs> That's commitment. Yeah. Some be like, we're hanging out, you know? Oh. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> so yes. What are we talking about today though? Apparently we're talking about transition into mo- not motherhood, not motherhood, transition into marriage. Um, we talked about that a week or two ago and we asked you guys to call in about it, but I totally forgot. So it's going to be really good. Cece's on point two seconds of sleep. And I forgot this was the topic today until a couple minutes ago. So stick around. <laughs> Good thing I set this podcast out when I was not asleep. So now Ooh, you set it up, the document and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Plan. Yeah, you laid Plan it out and everything. Out. Yeah. So it is concise, but our current yeah. energy and awareness of said topic is going to be debatable. We'll see. I'm kidding. You guys, I, you guys will be right brutally honest, I'm sure anyways, so... Um, <laughs> oh, just punching bags. It's fine. Um, <laughs> what's your heck yes? Okay, so Patrick's gone on an island for this week. Um, uh, it's Thursday. Not how I expected a heck yes to start. No, this. Is, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so it's Thursday, and he comes back tomorrow Friday and then I leave back to the states Tuesday so yeah it's really great he's on this uninhabited island for the week um but my heck yes is that I've taken advantage of him being gone and like hosted things so Mm -hmm. I had two women like literally two women I met outside my house I invited over for coffee and muffins and that was really great and then the day after last night, I had two women, two different women over for dinner. Look at um, you. Yeah. So I made like a really yummy, awesome, like pet, like a bell pepper sausage pasta dish. I made brownies. Yeah. Did you make the homemade brownies that you made for us in um, Alexandria with Patrick? No, I didn't oh. because we don't have oh. a hand mixer. And here's the thing. So we have three hand mixers in Kentucky. So I Mm. will never, I won't buy a hand. Like I, you know, I can't even make cookies here because you need a hand mixer. Um, But I, I, for the life of me, I will not buy a fourth hand mixer. Right. You're just putting your foot down. That is the boundary. Yeah. So no, it was a box. So, yeah. Oh, no shame. Those still taste good. I was just curious because those Alexandria homemade 
brownies, brownies were so good. Also hearing you share about another recipe. Cause I know we shared about a handful of recipes podcast back. I was like, we should compile a what in the dang heck cookbook of Wait. like your favorite recipes and my favorite recipes. Plus like things we've shared about on the podcast, like 7-Eleven has the best cookies. Pop-Tarts taste better with butter, depending on who you ask. Like, That is so funny. Add salt to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I love we that. should do it. Okay. <laughs> Coming 2024. Yep. Definitely give me a couple of months to figure that out, but <laughs> I will be designing it. But yes, <laughs> I'm writing that it top awesome. of the box. So don't forget. I love that. Um, Okay, Meg, what is your Mm -hmm. heck yes? Okay, I have two heck yeses. One, I purchased quite a couple things for France from Nothing Fits But. And I am so excited because they're so freaking pretty. And I don't normally spend good money on clothes, but I spent good money on these ones because I can wear them. They're like, they will fit me when I'm pregnant. I can nurse easily in them. I can wear them into church because of the length and the sleeves. And they're very like, I'm dying right now. Swooning. They're so pretty. Did you get the blue and white one? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Yep. And then I also got, um, look, I can show you right now. It's a tighter on their fitted Instagram, one. Instagram guys, just go to nothing fits, but on Instagram. Yeah. I also got this one. <gasps> and it's yes. got like a paisley looking or not paisley like a floral looking print on it you're gonna have I, to like so, yeah. try on haul and I then do tack need to them. do yeah I need to do a try on haul because I am fully expecting to have to return some things just because like sizes I've never bought anything from them before yeah but I'm so excited and you guys ask me about maternity stuff all the time and I'm always on the hunt for things that work in all different seasons <laughs> so I'm obsessed they also have like matching mommy and me stuff too yeah and so it was I did not buy any of that yet but (laughs) it's cute yep um so nothing nothing fits but yeah um and then my my original heck yes before I made that decision today to buy those clothes was Avery and I went to dinner literally last night um so when we're recording this like a week ago but Avery and I's convo over dinner was really good regarding um, like future kids. Cause we're always talking like, okay, well after this kid, like, do you want to wait longer? Like, what are we thinking? Where's your head at with it right now? And we had always said, once we got pregnant with our son, which I guess I never really shared on the podcast well, was the first time <laughs> since we found out, but it is a boy. Um, it's so weird. We, you saying son, like even just you I saying know. that was like, so weird to Did, hear. It felt like it came out awkward. Like I'm not confident yeah. in it yet. <laughs> and that's true. That's like actually accurate. Like, I'm like, I have a son. <laughs> um, but we, when we first found out we were pregnant, we were like, okay, that is the last kid we're having here in Auburn because then after that, we're going to go to TBS and that's six months and we're probably going to live out of a furnished apartment and it's going to be like, it's going to just be too much that like after this, we are using that fertility tracker for like a year or two. That's where our minds are at. And then that's why you always have this conversation. Like if you, you keep it going, it doesn't just get to be decided one day for the next year, you know? Uh And so we brought it up at dinner again and we started talking about it. And it was so funny because both of us were just kind of like, like the more we talked about our life with the military and how 
many various ways this could go or this could look or where they could send us or whatever, the more both of us were just like, the, why are we choosing to, <laughs> to avoid welcoming in a life just because it's going to be confusing or kind of hard or something like imagine if we hadn't like had genie because that was smack dab during finals week and Avery doesn't yeah. get paternity leave and it was literally hell on earth for a week or two postpartum and you look at genie today and you're like no like we can't have a world without genie in it like genie's supposed yeah. to be here and then same thing with this kid it's like we were literally about to start abstaining for however many months until however long it took for me to feel like I wasn't mentally or emotionally screwed up anymore and who knows how long that would have taken and when in reality you were just pregnant (laughs) yeah I was just pregnant and it was crazy too because as soon as like the pregnancy kind of balanced out and everything the hormones all balanced out too and it was like I jokingly told my home birth midwife I was like it's almost seems as if my body's baseline is pregnancy and she was like, I mean, you kind of joke, but like, it might be because you've had so many pregnancies back to back. And I'm like, honestly, that's such a beautiful thing. Like, yes, yes. If there are actually physical issues and hormonal issues, we should definitely figure those out. But obviously my body is fertile and healthy enough to carry life loves back being to back pregnant. this often. And it loves being pregnant. Like what a gift. And I'm like, if I'm thriving my best every time I'm pregnant, why would we opt out? Especially because every single kid we've had has just been like a no brainer. Like they're the best people ever. Like what the heck? And so the whole conversation, what with the military, there's never a good time, never a better time. There's never. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we're going to be living this military life for till we're 38 at least. So why not? Like, why are we planning it around them? We tried to plan a neurotic dog around them and that didn't work. Like, you know, like this, we've learned our lesson. Um, and so it was just very freeing and exciting and life-giving to have that conversation with him and to just realize too that like God is so good because he's had us on the same wavelength as far as this goes and to just have the freedom and peace when we have these kind of conversations. I'm just like so grateful. Praise God. So oh <laughs> that was the well, best. I know. Um, a couple that I know kind of like mentors, but the way that they decide things, I don't know about fertility, but if they have a hard decision to make with one of their kids or life or whatever, mm. they go, they don't talk about it for 10 days and just go and separately pray about it. I love that. And then they come back and every single time they have come to the same answer, same, same answer. Yeah. Cause God wants you to be on the same page, you know? Yeah. I'm like, like it just dang, checks out. It's like. If Patrick and I, I love that big decision to make, mm-hmm. I'm we'll storing that away. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't <sighs> talk about it be, like at all until I love that. You don't give it any energy or emotional mm-hmm. like energy until you've discerned it with God individually. And then of course he like brings you back together on the same page. That just makes yeah. sense. It's awesome. <laughs> um, okay. My heck no is packing. Like I want to Gross. bring like, I don't want to bring these clothes from five months back because I'm freaking sick of them. But I also know that I will regret not bringing them back. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, but I need to pack. I'm going to have like seven suitcases. So it's going to be great. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. a lot. Okay. Not, not seven, <laughs> probably four, but. Okay. 
still it's quite a bit that's enough for you to pack a hand mixer in on the way back next time you go back oh yeah for sure for sure (laughs) (laughs) yep you're making cookies that time Uh uh-huh what's your heck no uh my heck no is that when we went out to dinner last night carrie woke up while her sitter was here and i had told her sitter because there was supposed to be a storm that night like if a storm happens you can bring her downstairs with you until she falls asleep in your arms or you can put her in our bed because she's not gonna she won't calm down in her room if she wakes up to a storm um and she woke up not to a storm she just woke up and she asked to go lay in our bed and so our sitter having me having told her that you could lay her in our bed laid her in our bed and she fell asleep and on the way home we found out that she was laying in our bed waiting for us at home asleep and I told Avery, expecting him to be like, oh my gosh. And he was like, wait, that's so cute. Can we leave her there? And I was like, honestly, yeah. Like, why not? Oh, and we because we both just came off of this like high of like, kids are the best. God is so good. And we left, let her stay in our bed. Um, and I don't think either of us slept more than like 20 minute segments at a time. <laughs> it was so bad Carrie was up so like up having conversation with us multiple that times sounds about right yeah like sounds... it wasn't just yeah it wasn't just like oh she was moving around and like kicking us or anything like that like she would wake up and ask for milk or ask if she could get out of bed and watch a show now and I'm like girlfriend it is 2 a.m like does it look like it's light out like <laughs> no um so that was my heck no and at, at like a ripe 6 a.m Avery gets up to get her a milk bottle to hopefully put her back to sleep for a little bit. Didn't work. But as he gets up, I roll over and we both just look at each other. And I'm like, never again. He's like, never again. (laughs) This is terrible. So that was my heck no, because neither of us, none of us slept well. And then Carrie all day is like, I'm tired. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Whose fault was that? I know. And I was like, and you get a nap in the middle of the day. So you don't even get to complain. (laughs) that is so hilarious oh her cuteness just gets her in trouble it does it really Uh, does okay so before we jump into our topic white lily letting white lily lettings what lily lettings what lily lettings um white lily weddings Wow. They are Catholic wedding planning and management company and their, their planners are all over the U S and they are dedicated to creating holy marriages modeled after Mary and Joseph. And so that's why they have like the Lily in their name. If anyone's ever seen like pictures of St. Joseph with a Lily, he's known for that. Um, but, but what I love about them and what I think makes them so different is that they offer customizable planning packages to fit your exact needs and budget. And I've actually never seen that Mm. before. So that is huge. Like if you, yeah, don't want like the full service, you can kind of a la carte it with them and custom kind of like have a bespoke package, but they Mm. are just so passionate about emphasizing sat the sacrament on the day in that makes all the difference. I could not have imagined having, you know, the wedding vendors in my wedding that I work closest to not be Catholic. Um, because it's just totally, yeah, just the perception of the day is totally different. It's about Mm -hmm. the party instead of about the holy marriage and the, and the start of that. Their whole heart and every Catholic vendors, like heart and mind is focused on the sacrament when they're preparing for your day, when they're serving you on your day. 
Like it's just a whole different ballgame. Also mm-hmm. talk about acknowledging and celebrating the univer- universal church by being a one-stop shop for wedding planners across the U.S. Like, yeah, we're just like, oh yeah, we know our brides are Catholic, which means they're universal. So here we go. We'll just offer you a, a wedding planner wherever you're at. That's Catholic. Like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yes. And what I will say too, is like a lot of some people, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't, I'll just muscle through it and do it myself. I'm like, but you don't have to like, there's ways to make (laughs) like wedding planning is doesn't have to be out of your budget. You can make it fit in your budget for the piece of the day, the piece of the planning, the piece of Mm -hmm. not being a psycho bride during your engagement. Yep. Wedding planners are a job for a reason. And it's a Mm -hmm. whole industry for a reason, because to me, it's a hundred percent necessary to have a successful wedding and a stress-free wedding, which is what you really want. Cause if it's stressful, you're not even going to remember your wedding, let alone your engagement season. Cause you're just stressed planning a wedding the whole time. Yeah. Well, you can get a complimentary second day of coordinator when you mention heck yes. In the, how did you hear a section in the inquiry form? Um, so absolutely like check it out. It is so worth a conversation. Um, and let us know if you, when, when you do end up using white lily weddings, but everything will be in the show notes. Love. So love, love, love including love. marriage. <laughs> we, so last week's podcast on PNM wanted to make one note. Mm. Someone called in and let us know about Magdala Ministries, M-A-G-D-A-L-A ministries.org. And it's a place of honesty, hope, and healing for women of faith struggling with sexual addiction. So if anything spoke to you last week, as far as you being the one struggling as a woman, this is an amazing resource. Um, and it came highly recommended. So Magdala ministries.org M A G D A L A ministries.org. All right. So transition into marriage roles with, wow. Roles, responsibilities, and worries. <laughs> Did you have any worries coming into marriage about like your transition, like how the transition was going to go? Because I straight up don't think I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, I, we, so, so this is what gave us both like a peace of mind. So how you were raised matters so, so much. We were both raised middle-class Midwestern and whatever you want to call Pennsylvania. I feel like I consider that Midwestern, but it's like very similar values and like how you go about life. And we both had responsibilities and had jobs when we were young. We both played sports and had the responsibility of paying for our own equipment and whatever new things we wanted, especially in high school. Um, And we laugh because I think the biggest thing that shows how you were raised is this specific example. So to see if you erase the same, if you, as a kid, you're grocery shopping with your parent at the checkout, you ask for that stupid candy bar or dumb toy sitting next to the checkout. Did your parent buy it for you or did, did they not? Because that mm-hmm. determines if you erase different because <laughs> Patrick and I were both raised in households where stuff like that is not purchased just cause we're at the store or it's, or it's purchased just so us. So we would stop whining or making a scene. 
it was, yeah. no, you don't get a Same. toy just to like be there or you don't get a candy bar just cause you're there. And I had so many friends that were raised so opposite of that. Um, mm. And so I, we always laugh cause I'm like, that is such a good example to show like what kind of household you were yeah. raised in. Were you given that thing or were you not? Mm -hmm. And, um, we both were also raised with education as a big priority. And so, yeah, just like the way our household, I don't know, I think kind of like functioned, obviously mine functioned with one parent, his function with two parents, but mm -hmm. still like there's so many similarities. Um, and so going into marriage, it didn't feel like there was going to be this massive, I don't know, like unknown factor, because also we had mm -hmm. entered into each other's lives so much. And so consistently, like he had his own place. I had mine, mine, mine own place. I had my <laughs> own place, mine, oh, my own. Oh my gosh, Megan. I can't even talk. You can just go back to bed. <laughs> I, I know. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, Goodbye. I, have, <laughs> I have my own place. We each had jobs. We each had like different stuff going on. So we could enter into each other's lives like so organically versus I think a lot of people, and we'll talk about this. If you go straight from college, it's kind of hard because it's like, you don't know what that like out life in the real world looks like for you, much less what life in the real mm. world looks like for both of you. Um, and like, you'll have a good kind of outlook on that, yeah. but yeah. So that was like the first thing I think transitioning where I was like, I feel really comfortable. Cause I know that we were raised similar values and like similar, just mindsets about life. And then mm -hmm. we live our lives. So the same that they're already in sync with each other. That's true. And like true. financially, we were both like we were already on the same page with like money. Like we approached how we deal with those things, like mm -hmm. medicine, money, all those things really the same. Yeah. That's, I feel like people don't ask that about their significant other enough, like children, money, things like that. Like, how are you going to raise your kid? How do you want to raise your kids? How do you view big expenses? How do you, whatever. Um, I definitely didn't bring that up enough when dating guys that I was like, Oh, I should marry this guy. I don't even know if Avery. Yeah. Okay. Avery and I talked about it once we got really into dating, but I feel like they're important to talk about because if you don't talk about that stuff, then it's just going to kind of blow up when it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, what I, about you as far as that transition? Cause you came out of college and Avery had was in the military. So yeah. Um, part of me just now, as we're talking about all of this, I'm like, Maybe the reason I didn't bat an eye about the whole worry of transition is because my entire life has always been a state of transition. <laughs> Maybe that's like why every every two to three years I moved anyways, and I had to figure out a new life and figure out a new doctor and a new dentist and a hairstylist and find new friends and everything. So I probably just at this point adapted quickly to change. Totally. Um, You're so right. That's making sense to me too. Yeah. You. But I also do think there's something to say about like, eventually currently in the season of life that I'm in right now, we are unpacking what a constant state of transition looks like and does to you and the impacts that it has. Um, so I'm not saying that that's the healthy, great way to do it, but that's just 
the reality of my childhood and my life growing up. Um, so I didn't bat an eye about it. I also like, we were just so sick of long distance at that point that we were like, we just want to be in the same state. We just want to live in the same house. Like there was way less tension up front about like conflicting schedules and like who's going to sleep on what side of the bed or like just weird things that you end up finding out about that person once you move in with them. Like that was like the last thing on our mind because we were like, we just want to be together. <laughs> yeah. We just want to be together. Um, I also will say I've had this conversation a lot with people lately regarding their future spouse or who they hope to marry. And they have like this bucket list or the standard list of all these things that they want in a person. And Avery and I, when we got married and we say this all the time when we're talking to each other about who we were when we first got married and who we are now, we would have preferred to have married who we are now but I don't think we would have had the capacity to marry that person then. So for instance, like I was super, super independent. I was the whole, I don't need a man. I just want a man. And that's why I'm marrying him kind of girl. Like it was practically feminist. Okay. <laughs> and when we first got married, there were months when I was the breadwinner. It was a super prideful kind of thing. It wasn't good for us, our roles in our marriage or our harmony. It wasn't good for my perception of like him as the leader and provider of our home. I was just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're buddies. Like we're almost like we're, um, we're like coworkers kind of thing. Like that, like, yeah, we just, I just grind a little extra hard and can make a little extra money. Like it was just a weird view of our marriage and our roles. Mm -hmm. Um, and praise God for, um, holy friends, CC included, um, and priests and spiritual directors, as well as just, there's a constant desire to grow. And I do think that's the one thing that has remained the same is I would really ask yourself and then ask yourself in regards to your significant other, do they look like they're constantly trying to better themselves, whether it's in school, whether it's in working out or health, um, whether yeah. it's in education, as far as like, they're constantly trying to learn things and read and listen to podcasts and like expand their knowledge, um, mm -hmm. in the church, going to sacraments, like all that kind of stuff. If, cause if not, that's going to be a serious roadblock um, for marriage. And because Avery, I saw that in Avery early on, I don't, I think I like subconsciously was aware of it. I don't think it was something that I was like, oh my gosh, he's like, he can grow. And he's like, so open to that, but I, goodness, I'm so grateful that he has always been like that because now like he's my absolute best friend. So now we just naturally want to grow together and be better for yeah. each other and to continue to like gain more wisdom and knowledge and, I don't know. And add you are, that to our toolkit. You are who you hang around. So it's like you yes. become like each other in that way. You do. You totally do. And it's like, these are seriously, I mean, admirable traits, but also like, this is going, these are like survival traits in a sense too. Like these just stack you up against others. I mean, I know that sounds like everything's competition, but- <laughs> in a sense like this gives you so many more opportunities for things this gives you so much more confidence and decision making for things as a couple um and so yeah I don't know chemistry the whole end of this was that chemistry is so so super important and who you choose to marry if they're not your best friend there's going to be like it's no wonder there's some serious hiccups in your roles your responsibilities the transition into marriage because it's like 
I don't even like fully enjoy this person's company or you I don't have even, like to. Oh my gosh. It's like, you have to enjoy their company. Yes. Like, there <laughs> is, I mean, they, you're going to be hanging out with them non for the rest of your life. Yes. Like you have to, they <laughs> have to be your favorite person to hang around. Yes. Yes. You have to be able to like banter. You have to be able, like, you have to find them so freaking yeah. hot. Like, have oh, fun. well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hot. You have to have, have fun. sex with them, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, when people stack up these standards and these like, oh, it'd be really cool if they were X, Y, Z. And like, if we get along, cool. And it's like, oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> Let's rearrange that real quick. Um, if you get along, cool should be at the very top of that list. If they're faithful Catholics and you are as well, there you go. Extra like icing on the cake. And then everything else below that flows. You know what I mean? Like I swore there would never be a gun in my house when I grew up and whoever I married. Now I'm married to Avery and I contemplate getting concealed carry for myself. Like <laughs> I swore I would never veil. I was never going to be a, like a traditional Catholic wife and mom. Um, yep. That's kind of what I'm morphing into now. <laughs> okay. And so I, yeah, chemistry is like the most I, important. I will say I what's really cool with you is that you like the transition into marriage for you all, you already knew what like the lifestyle he lived looked like. Um, and because I you did grew not up want in it. that. <laughs> yeah. But like you grew up in that. So like your expectations of how the lifestyle is and like the uncertainties and like, you have no idea when they're coming home that night. And like, yeah. you know, things like that was already kind of like, you didn't know anything yeah. different. Nope. Um, which is why like <laughs> probably like half the wives I know here are military brats. Yeah. It's really common. Like if you yeah. grew up in the military, you just get your, stuck. You yeah, get like stuck with your in parent it. in the military, like you're more than likely to marry someone in the military because you yeah. have you like understand that lifestyle more. Um, True. That that makes sense. That's like more attractive for the. Well, typically it's a guy. I'm not trying to be sexist here, anyone. But typically it's the guy that's in the military, and he's way more attractive to someone who's like, oh yeah, I understand that, or who's like way more chill about the uncertainty of his lifestyle mm-hmm. and career. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, it's so, oh, okay. Marry me. Exa- um. <laughs> exactly. So I think like just seeing what the, the transition is now we had a voicemail. Um, we had a few people asking about like that single college life to married, but before we mm-hmm. jump into that, Megan, do you want to talk about West coast Catholic? You guys, this is an exclusive insider release that we are about to share with you here, okay? This has not been released anywhere else on their Instagram or anything, but on June 1st, they're going to release their Matra Nostra collection. So all four of the rosaries are relaying back to different Marian apparitions. You can buy them as a pack or you can buy them individually, but it's Fatima, Lourdes, Medjugorje, and Our Lady of Guadalupe. And what's really beautiful about these rosaries is that each one of the rosaries and the Marian apparition attached to it, they like resemble each other. So Fatima's has like the sun looking colored beads on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, it's my favorite because it's kind of almost like a copper or like a cognac, cognac, 
so on Megan's brand. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Leather looking color. Um, and so that'll be the first one I'm getting for sure. But literally but- like it comes in a pack of four, which is awesome. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this. I'm going to put one in my car, one in my purse, one by like one in my office and the other one in like my laptop bag. And you then always have one like in the areas that you're going. And I just, they're so beautiful. I get complimented on my West coast Catholic rosaries all the time. Um, they're the best. They're the first ones picked up at my rosary brunches every single time. People love them. Also, Mari's going to come. Mari, the owner of West coast Catholic shop, West coast Catholic is going to be a guest, uh, guest for our topic next week. Yeah. Next week. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's going to dive into the story behind this collection a bit more, but she's also going to dive into relationship with Mary, um, as our mother, which is something I'm very much looking forward to because I don't feel like I have a relationship with her. (laughs) Um, keep your eyes peeled for June 1st. That's when they're releasing. You guys have a heads up. This is huge because they always sell out literally always. Um, you can use code heck one zero heck 10 for 10% off, which is also huge because these things sell out and like having a discount on it is just clutch. So keep a lookout for them. And you can find everything in their show notes. Um, definitely. If you don't follow them on Instagram yet, you need to West coast Catholic is Mari's Instagram. And then you'll see her shop Instagram, but they are amazing. You'll get to know Mari a little bit more next week. Yeah. Love, love her and everything they make. Um, okay. So the transition from, I guess, yeah, the transition from that single college life to marriage. Cause I think we have a lot of, it's kind of like, I would say a fourth that I meet of women that got married out of college. Mm. So they may have like never lived on their own kind of thing. And they, yeah. So they like, haven't supported themselves before. Um, and then they go to being married. So I don't know what are, do you have any like thoughts? Cause you went from college town. I was going to say, I feel like that sounds like me in a sense. Like I, I lived with roommates. I didn't fully support myself by myself. Like I had scholarships. I had my parents help and then I had income and then I went straight into being married. And, and again, I kind of go back to, well, maybe I just was like, transition is just the, the baseline for my life. So it was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also think because I was raised Catholic and because I always knew I wanted to get married, I understood. I also, okay, rewind. Now that I'm talking about this out loud, I'm realizing things. At, in college, I was 100% the mom of the house. Like I, I already practiced out that role of being a wife and a mom in a sense. Like I made dinners for people. I hosted dinners for like the football neighbors across the street or our soccer team. We were always hosting stuff at our house because I was down to make everything. I was always making cookies and treats to have when people came over last minute because someone broke up with them. Like just Mm -hmm. so many aspects of the mother and wife I wanted to be. I was practicing and playing out in marriage and or in college, excuse me. And so I think that helped because it just gave me confidence. And like, I've already been doing this and people feel loved and served through this. And it just adds to like the natural role that women have in the home. 
and I didn't need a spouse to do that. And mm-hmm. so it just, it just kind of set me up to go into that in marriage much smoother without right. feeling like it was an expectation Avery had for me or like something that I suddenly had, I suddenly had to figure out how to cook or bake and I didn't really want to, or, you know, I don't know. It was just something I already naturally um, kind of went after and taught myself mm-hmm. and then saw the rewards of. Yeah. We had someone text in and said, you know, any advice on the transition from engagement and living under my parents still being while still like being respectful of them, but that transition to relying more on my fiance and looking to his opinion and judgment. And I feel like a lot of times I'm put in the middle of choosing him or pleasing my parents. And it's so hard to find a balance. Our marriage prep woman stressed how important it is to put my fiance first, but the transition has been hard because my parents still provide for me. And that's something that I think you put into words anonymous, that exact struggle, because when you're not under your parents' roof, like I think parents should actually like something my father did was like, encourage my soon to be husband's priority over him. Even if that was hard for him, like Mm -hmm. kind of decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. Like just what is it? Leave and cleave kind of thing a little bit. Yeah. Like I think he did that really well and it served me really well because I wasn't like, it's a problem. If once you're married, you're going to your parents for advice before you go to your husband, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's a really big problem. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, it's, I mean, I guess if it's about your marriage and you're seeking marriage advice, I don't know, but if you're going to them, like asking about work or something before you go to your husband or asking about, it's just, it's so backwards. Um, and I think be, because like people that still live at home, when they get married, they have that extra transition of like authority, not saying like, Mm. there's this big authority figure, but there's no other word to use, but it's this transition of authority that people that don't live under their parents' roof don't have. Because what they had is transition of authority to their own responsibility. And then that to a shared, like a shared kind of household versus it's like under authority. And then you're moved to, you had no transition time of like living on your own is a great transition time to then be married. Um, Right. Right. So I don't know, like if I'm talking in circles or if that's making sense, but no, I've never thought about that. That makes sense though. But I like feel for you, that would be really hard because like your parents should want you, mm-hmm. if they support the marriage, they should want you to depend on your fiance for things. Yep. And yeah. start that transition now because you're talking about opinions and judgment. Like, yes, you guys are going to become one. You have to do that. And a yeah. lot of times, especially wedding planning, Um, for women, what I kind of feel like this is happening to you is because your parents are supporting you, you feel like you need to make them happy. But the reality Mm -hmm. is, is that the wedding and your marriage is not about them. Yep. And that's hard to swallow, especially if you, if they're financially supporting you, but if they want what's, if they want what's best for you, they should want you to make decisions. What's best for you and your future husband, not Mm -hmm. what makes them feel the best. Right. This is literally what um, Father Peyton and I talk about in spiritual direction. (laughs) Like if you don't practice detachment now, early on with your kids, 
this is the place that I will be as a mother one day down the road (laughs) because I will I will take their accomplishments as my accomplishments I will think that they are my kid before they are God's kid I will hold them back from things with other people I'll hold them back from the relationship with God like the mother the mother is the gatekeeper to her children's time with anyone else including their father and so if you don't if they're not aware of that now and you don't practice detachment in small ways now like that's where I'm headed. And that scares me. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it comes from a place of care, but it's, it's right. un, um, it's disordered. It's disordered. Yes. Thank you. And obviously it seems like this is stressing you out anonymous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we also have a voicemail actually talking about kind of this transition. So I'm going to play that and I think it will help you anonymous. Ooh. Hey, Megan, Susie, it's Catherine. Actually, like the girl that called in after your engagement podcast ended up marrying the physical therapist after she dislocated her ankle. That's me. Um, but I was just calling back with some marriage transition topics, I guess. Um, so Eric and I got married in February. And, of course, we didn't live together before we were married. So it was definitely was a bit of an adjustment um, just getting, like, situated together and kind of learning each other's like day-to-day routines um so one thing I did not anticipate was at at the time I lived with my parents and I had moved out you know when I had gone to college and stuff and you know I I didn't always live at home until that point but I had moved back once I graduated and had lived with my parents for a few years um I didn't anticipate how emotional that was going to be because of course I was excited to be moving in with my husband but it was almost just like closing that chapter made me a little bit emotional. And that was something that no one had really ever talked to me about um, previously to that. Uh, once I kind of like asked my friends about it who had already been married and, and other people in my life, they kind of shared that with me. So I just wanted to put that out there, just that that was something that I had experienced and that hopefully if other people are experiencing that too, knowing that that's perfectly fine and normal, I'm going to stop it there and just, we'll talk about this first part of this voicemail. So that like how emotional it was to close that chapter of knowing you will never live with your parents again. Um, mm. I guess I never thought of that. And I got, that's probably, I, yeah, that's probably because we didn't experience that. Yeah. But much. I could see that I could see like those emotions, especially if you're like the youngest and mm-hmm. that that they're empty nesters now. Um, right. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, totally valid. Not something I've ever considered because I just don't have that tie to, like we were just fit, raised very independent from a young age. Just like, I remember when I was eight, I was put on a bus with, or 10, I was put on a bus with my German soccer team and we went to Holland for a weekend. I didn't speak a look of German. I was terrified. Like that's the kind of stuff, like just super like thrown out of the nest. Um, So it's not something I would ever have thought of, but it's very true. Like that, especially if they're empty nesters, because then you're kind of taking on that on burden your, on yourself but it's too. not your yeah, responsibility like, either it's not it's not at all but it and again it comes from a place of care but it, you can't fix it you can't change it and it's not an inherently bad thing that they're empty nesters like this could be such a good chapter for their marriage this could be something that they've I mean they've poured their whole lives into everyone else their entire marriage or your entire childhood so now it could be a really good time or a really good thing for them 
Um, but that's stuff I've never even thought of. So I'm glad she called in and shared that so that there's that aspect to it for our listeners. Yeah. And then she gets into prioritizing um, and this, this can absolutely transition this podcast into just um, the, not just like the changes for us, but the changes to like living with a man kind of thing. So no, <laughs> oh, no toilet seat up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Eric and I just prioritize things differently. Um, like for me, I would be up cleaning, like after we get home from work and I'm, you know, mopping the floor or, you know, cooking dinner and things. And we've had many conversations where I was like, you're literally not helping me. And cause it, to me, it just looked like he was literally sitting on the couch, like doing nothing on his laptop. And I was like, well, what the heck? I'm up cooking, doing all this other stuff. And you're just sitting there. Well, after we talked about it and I brought it up, he's like, well, actually I was working on like combining our finances filling out the paperwork to get my name changed, um, you know, insurance, like all the kind of like logistical things that I honestly hadn't even really gotten to yet. So I feel like just kind of, um, it definitely opened my eyes to knowing how we prioritize differently, but it's not necessarily wrong and how quickly I was catching myself getting impatient and frustrated when it was like, well, actually he's doing other things to help our family just in a different way, if that makes sense. But yeah, just a couple of things I had noticed um, over the last few months, uh, just getting adjusted, but love the pod. Have a great day. Bye. Mm. <laughs> that one's relatable, especially early in marriage when you just kind of assume like he's totally not helping out. Mm-hmm. And this is on his something... <laughs> Yes. So this is something that, and this isn't us complaining about our husbands. This is just men in general. Like there's no way we can all have the same thing, right. That comes up. Um, so I see this, like, because we transition from being married and apart and being married together, I feel like these things are sometimes heightened for us because Mm -hmm. the transition is so like stark almost. And so when a man says he will do it for me, that like, I think that means that he's going to do it right now. Yes. For him, him, it means that he will do it at the last possible acceptable second that it can be done. (laughs) Like, it's like, neither are wrong though. That's the thing. Like if it was, if it was urgent, they would do it. But if it's, Hey, would you mind folding this laundry? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then you think like, you like peek over the corner. You're like, why aren't they folding that laundry? (laughs) And it's just like, they're just prioritizing it. Like it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter if the laundry was folded now, or if it was folded 40 minutes from now, it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to us, we're like, why aren't you doing that right now though? When you said that you would do it. Uh And (laughs) This is that like frustration that I hear about. And I think the best example is we just like hear things and take in things different as men and women. So Mm -hmm. for example, I've might've said this before. When a woman says she has nothing to wear, it means that she has nothing new in her closet. Mm -hmm. When a man says he has nothing to wear, it means that he has literally nothing clean. Nothing clean and, or he has put holes in all of his clothes and he literally has nothing to wear at this point. Yes. So yeah. like, <laughs> it's so different. It's the exact same word. <laughs> I have nothing to wear. And to us, yeah. we're like, yeah, 
I have nothing fun that I like anymore. And to men, it's like, no, he actually doesn't have anything to wear. He has no (laughs) clean clothes. So thank you. (laughs) So so it's true. It's so true. We take in things so differently. Um, Yeah, we just have different instincts. And another thing too, is that we like, um, he like men will not always notice when something needs to be cleaned. But when like, I asked Patrick to clean something like he'll absolutely do it, but it's like, he wouldn't like notice it kind of thing. And I hear this a lot about men and part of the primal instinct, like, I'll just be like, how does he not notice that this floor is so messy? Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, um, but instead I think sometimes we can get so frustrated and be like, oh my gosh, why doesn't he just do it himself? Like, how does he not even notice that this floor is dirty? But instead we could just like ask him to do it and then crisis over. Right, right. Something that I've learned is like, if you ask them to do it, you don't get to decide when it's done and how it's done. Mm. Otherwise you you should do it yourself. Yep. Yes. Either you do it or you ask them to do it and you don't control how they do it. Yep. You can't do it both because otherwise you're, a psycho and control for you. (laughs) That's how you push your man away. Yes. And never receive his help again in the future. Right. And I hear this about, um, like changing diapers where it's like a woman, Oh my gosh, change the diaper. Like I just need help and he'll change it. And then she'll hover over and tell him how he did the diaper wrong. And he's like, well, why the heck don't you just do it? Yeah. (laughs) And I don't blame him. Yeah. Exactly. But we do it like this is such a woman thing. And back to the primal instincts of men and women, men do not see stationary objects. Like they see them, but a stationary object just becomes a part of the room. So like yeah. crumbs on the floor, whatever, it's not glaring. It's just like that crumb is now a part of the room. It's not like sticking out to them. Mm. And but when something is moving, they can see it. So they just have different instinct instincts. It's like the reason why when a guy opens up the fridge, he's like, where's the butter? I can't see it. Like, I don't know. Do we have any butter? And then it's like, (laughs) because it's not right in front. Like they can't like see it almost Yes, because their eyes and their brains are meant to actually see moving things. So for right. men as hunter and gatherers, their brains have not like their humans brains have not evolved much in the past 10,000 years. So going right. back to hunting and gathering like cavemen kind of thing, they are intrinsically made to see moving objects. For instance, that bird moving, like they can see that and their eyes can track that a lot better versus a mm-hmm. woman is made to see stationary objects. Um, like picking berries, things like that. Like, oh, I see the berries on that tree. I am, or I'm sorry, a man is a hunter, a woman's a gatherer, right? So hunting, your eyes need to be aware of moving things. Women, your eyes need to be aware of stationary things. And so we notice these things that are sitting around the house way more than a man could ever. And it's just how we're built. And another example would be like a hockey game. If you've ever been to a hockey game, I can literally not track where the heck the puck is. It's so (laughs) difficult. And this is a common thing for women is being able to track like that fastness of something moving, but men, they're like, Mm. how could you not see that? And it's because their eyes and brain (laughs) 
Yeah, like they're actually literally made to, it's the God is so cool. They're literally made to be able to see them so much better than us because our primal instincts, we didn't need to see that. We needed right. to gather and that was stationary things. Right. This is literally hilarious because Avery and I were driving the other day and I was asking him some question or saying something to him and he goes, wait, sorry, say that again. I saw a crane getting doing the wires on the side of the road and I started to wonder how he like got up there and how that all works. And then I started to picture it in my brain. I was like figuring out all the ways that that like would work. And then I realized you were talking and I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> you, what? <laughs> that might be ADHD too. Cause that's I know, like part of it's an ADHD. Yeah. Part of it is totally an ADHD thing, but the other part of it is just like, we're driving on a road and somehow yeah. he paid enough attention to something on the side of the road that was also moving and yes. took five minutes to think about how and why it was moving the way that it was. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. It's like, we could drive. This probably happens to you too. We drive past a field and Patrick's driving. He's like, there were just seven deer over there. Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, you didn't see that? Also a bison. And you're like, how? No, I didn't see that. What do you make? Yeah. We're driving. Yeah. My eyes were focused forward or like on the book in my lap. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, or, or even if, I, but the thing is, even if I was looking out there, I wouldn't see them. No, no. It would have been too fast. Yeah. Like, like Patrick, oh, did you just see that raccoon cross the road? No. How you were steering right at it. I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't see, I couldn't see it. <laughs> oh, so true. This doesn't register in your head. Um, so yeah, prioritizing is also something to just transition into. Um, you know, Dr. Laura is how to, oh um, yes. How Love to, her. what is it? The proper care and feeding of your husband. Yep. She has a book. It's a course. She's got a course. She's got a, yeah. I was gonna say she's got a book and a course. Yeah. And online course is like $30, isn't it? It was like so cheap. I was like, she, she could sell this for so much more. (laughs) Yep. So she's a great resource to learn about men. Also Alison Armstrong, the amazing development, development of men. Okay. Alison Armstrong, the amazing development of men. Another one is Allison Armstrong celebrating partnerships. Um, so yeah, those two would be great for you guys. And then Allison, Allison Armstrong keys to the kingdom. So mm-hmm. those are so worth every single second. Allison Armstrong is amazing. She focuses on the primal instincts of men and women, and it will be Patrick and I listened to these before we got married and it was great to like set expectations and be Mm. able to kind of have like a language to these, not problems, but to these situations that come up. So for example, this voicemail that I'm about to play, what she's describing is cave time and cave time is a term coined from Alison Armstrong that Patrick and I use because it's the time that he needs to be in his cave. And in this, this, Uh, (laughs) I think I know where this is going. (laughs) Hey, I was just listening to last week's podcast and, um, heard that y'all are going to talk about transitioning to marriage. And I just have a funny story that I always tell my friends, um, when they're getting married, sorry, I have a baby sleeping on me. Um, but 
when I first got married, we had been long distance for a couple of years before. And so we had been like, you know, we would hang out and then we would go back like to, it was like three hours away, but we would hang out a lot and then we wouldn't see each other for a while. And so um, when we first got married, I noticed that my husband would park in the driveway and just like sit there for a while, like before he would come in. And I worked at a school, so I'd already been home for a couple hours and I was so excited and would have dinner and he would just like sit out there. And finally, I asked him, like, hey, because it was, like, kind of hurting my feelings. <laughs> and he was, like, you just talk a lot, and I, like, need a second. And, I like, it kind of hurt my feelings, but, like, I really, like, like, it makes sense, you know. And so I started when he would come in, like, finish dinner and try not to talk a lot until we, like, actually would eat dinner. But it's just stuff like that that you learn the first year. And it's not, like people say it's the hardest year of your life. I, I didn't think it was, but it is like a huge learning year. And um, you'll look back and laugh at a lot of the stuff you learn. Anyway, thanks. Y'all have a good day. Yes. I actually have to encourage Avery to do that sometimes. Like he'll come inside. And, I mean, once you have kids, it's like, I can do my best, but almost always at that point, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, So if you need a second, sit in the driveway for a little bit longer. I won't even yep. know you're here yet. And then you can come in and actually like be present with us instead of being instantly triggered and overstimulated because you never took a second for your brain to calm down. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. So men need their cave time where after they just hunted, they need to come back and be in their cave alone. And yeah, it's like get just, just calm down and transition. And so, you know, the man just went out, he provided, he protected, and now he needs to chill in his cave before he's bombarded with mm-hmm. questions and heavy convo. And the same thing happens as Patrick gets home and he zones out sometimes with a beer. And then after dinner, he's yep. ready to have, you know, to hang or do a chore or whatever it was. And, nope. you know, we cannot get frustrated I think sometimes like I have to be like, okay, I'm doing, I'm cooking, I'm doing laundry. Don't get frustrated because he, he's in there playing chess. Like, why is he in there playing chess? You know, but I'm like, I know I can't get frustrated because he's been flying a jet for three hours and then sat in meetings for another five hours talking about the jet. And so now he needs to chill so that after he can be fully present to me in the evening Mm -hmm. and men need transition time. They do. And I also feel like sometimes that like uh, frustration that we face as women and like the, I'm doing the cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm doing all this stuff. And I never just sit on my butt and do, then why not? If you need a break and if you need time to play or you need time to, you know, recoup, why don't you schedule that in? Why don't you do that? Instead (laughs) of just like pinning that against him and saying, it's not fair. You always take time for yourself. And I always find that to be the case too. Guys have no problem saying this is what they need and then pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have the same approach? It's like, we're in this together. There's like, yeah. I don't think he's going to belittle me or turn me down. Like, it's almost like I would prefer to not take the silent time or the nail time or whatever, because then I can use that later on to prove that I'm working harder. And it's like, that's so mm-hmm. messed up. That's so messed up. Yeah. You're like setting him up for failure already. Like that's sabotage fair. your spouse. Absolutely. And so anytime that I get to that point in my head where I notice I'm getting frustrated because he looks like he's just chilling and I haven't done that all day and it's been a really long day, 
we can talk about it later in the evening. And then I say, Hey, it's been a really long time since I've had any alone, quiet time where I'm not being touched or asked for or anything. Can I go get my nails in this week for an hour? And then he's like, sure, totally. Don't care. Fine. Let me know when, and I'll watch the kids. And it's like done deal again like crisis we said something we brought it to them it was decided crisis averted like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all it takes half the time yeah and I've noticed this when I nannied and then um I just like did some research on it then is that it's the (laughs) same with it's the same with little boys so boys Mm -hmm. and if you have a little boy you could probably see this people listening is that boys have a harder time transitioning from play mode to instant, for instance, like time to clean up and get in the car to get groceries kind of mode and their transition time is needed for their brains. So like, there's no like, oh, you're playing. Okay. We're getting get get in the car. It's like, you're playing. Now you're going to sit here and not play. And then now we're going to get -hmm. you in the car kind of thing. It's- there's no like fluidity in transition. And I even see that sometimes with Patrick is he needs more of a heads up. So the other day before he left, cause I knew I was having girls over in the morning. Um, I was like, Hey, would you mind? Can you, can you clean? I was like making muffins. I was like, can you clean the bathroom? Like the main floor bathroom. And he was like, yeah, sure. He like cleans it. And then he was like, Hey, next time, can you like, give me more of a heads up? I know I wasn't busy, but it's like hard for me to just transition into doing that right then, even though it wasn't that I was like doing something else. I'm happy to clean it. Just like mentally, I need that. Yes. Upfront transition. (laughs) I don't know if you see that with Avery. I was literally, we were talking today on our walk about how. I said, I'm sorry. I have a meeting with a girl tonight, 5:45. Like, I know that's not, not ideal. And he was like, I don't care. I'm done with school for today. Like, it's more inconvenient for me when he'll have like class from 10 to 12, and then I'll have a break from 12 to two, and then I'll have a class two to four. He's like, it's way more inconvenient for me when you schedule stuff in that 12 to two time in between classes, because then I go from class coming back to you and transitioning back to at home and like being dad and then going back to class. And there's no, like I get checked out of everything. Like I'm not actually present for any of it because I'm just getting switched so quickly. But for women, we can do that. For the like, next we thing. Can just, yeah, women can just exactly. transition totally fine, but yeah. Yep. It's very, very true. So yeah, little boys, they need that transition. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not that they're like, oh, they're so much harder or they're just not as easy going. That's not it. It's just, no, they're just different. Yeah. And you have Uh to play to their, uh, what do you got? Play to their, play to their strengths. Mm -hmm. Like in five minutes, we're Mm -hmm. not, this TV show is going to be over and we're going to get in the car in two minutes. This TV show is going to be over and we're going to get in the car. (laughs) Let me just remind you. (laughs) The TV show is over. So we're going to get in the car. Yeah. So we're going to jump into a few texts, but Megan, you want to tell everyone about lovely lady linens? Yes. Oh my gosh, you do. Because Avery just complimented the table runner that we have from them. Uh, We have the Madonna table runner and I recently put it up on our table and it looks so good. So I know we say they don't know a picture. Yeah. I should take a picture and send it to you because we both got the same one. Um, But 
I know we said they don't notice stationary stuff, but sometimes they do. And it's really encouraging when it's like a decorative element that you took time to pick and place and all the things. Um, (laughs) They have so many beautiful, timeless things that make me want to host dinner parties and more rosary brunches all the time. They also have a beautiful, um, I think it's a quilt and it's green. Uh, I forget. Oh, the verdant quilt. It's so pretty. I've been eyeing this for so long for the guest bedroom solely because it's such a unique touch. And right now we just have a basic target sham on our or target comforter on our guest <laughs> bed. And I'm like, ooh, if someone walked into this, it'd be like a little bed and breakfast kind of feel. And that would be fun. Oh, <laughs> they're yes. a catholic company based cc's like yes i am the guest at that house and i would love to walk in with that quilt on that bed <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> they're a catholic company based out of alexandria virginia she is a mother and um the owner of this business and everything is just marian inspired hence lovely lady linens and just the blues that they use throughout all of their products everything emulates the virtues mary perfectly embodies um while adding beauty to our home it's just so classic traditional classic timeless yeah like i my i want my daughters to fight over this when i die like they (laughs) they will will literally they'll be like oh i have to have the table runner that mom always had on the table or i have to have that quilt because they're so good that is so funny. And yeah, they're just stunning. And, and the patterns are made just by her. So yes. she does like, she's so, so talented. She designed these. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just this, the fabric is just absolutely stunning. And I think of all the um, antiqued China that I've thrifted that are blue and white and just yes. like that beautiful. You I have, could like, blue throw and- the cutest party. A Marian yes. themed party. I even have like blue and white candlesticks that are like that I glass. Cannot. Oh my gosh. So I'm so excited to get back to the States and see this table runner. <laughs> oh, you so guys pumped. can use heck15 to receive 15% off your order. H E C K 15 15% off at lovelyladylinens.com. Everything's linked in the show notes as always. Yay. So we have one more voicemail. Is that what you said? A text. A text. Okay. Yes. How do you balance still maintaining your friendships when newlyweds? I struggle to reach out to my friends and both my soon-to-be husband and I will be starting jobs. So I'm worried with being newlyweds and new to work life that I might neglect and lose a lot of friends. Mm. One, I we should applaud them for at least being aware of this because I feel yeah. like there's always people on the flip side who feel like they're losing their friends because they're getting married. And so it's mm. probably a little bit refreshing to hear from the person who's going to be a newlywed that they're worried about it. Um, and I would also take that as a good sign as in you don't want to be that person. <laughs> you want tips to avoid being that person. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I had to realize in marrying Avery, especially because he is my best friend, he still doesn't replicate a girlfriend. And I yeah. still shouldn't expect him to give me the same relationship or friendship as say CC and I have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not fair. That's not his place. There's actually a beauty and harmony in him not being my girlfriend. <laughs> yep. And so 
looking at it like that makes you realize there is a need for you to keep girlfriends and maintain girlfriends. And same thing for your husband. There is a need for him to maintain his male friendships. Um, and it'll make you guys a better, happier couple in doing so. So that would be kind of how I would view it. Yeah. Um, obviously I don't have this balance because we're on a countdown <laughs> when we're together. So it's like, I can't <laughs> hang out with other people. Like, right. Right. I need to hang out with you because then I have seven months where I can't. So, yeah. But what I will say is the best is if you can schedule it at the same time. So like mm -hmm. your husband is hanging out with his friends or like has a project he wants to like focus in on or a book he really wants to read while you are with your friends or vice versa. And so yep. it's not this thing where you feel like you're missing out because you both True. are doing something at the same time. So it's like, okay, first Friday night of every month, like let's make plans with our friends and yes. you both have that friend time. You come back even more energized heart, like distance makes the heart grow fonder for those few hours. Mm -hmm. And you know, it just like boosted your guys's mood. Yep. And I will say too, for moms, why, like, I don't know why this feels like it's such a, like, oh my gosh, we're genius. But I didn't start doing this until we moved here. Go out for dinner with your girlfriends after you put the babies down. Like, why not? Yeah. You've, you've like, yeah. Okay. It's a little bit of a later dinner or a little bit of a later night, but the babies are down. You don't have to worry about like, if they wake up cool, but your husband can get him. He's their father. He's not a babysitter. And you don't feel any sort of guilt of like, oh, well, I should probably get back soon because the kids and my husband, he's got work to do and all this stuff. Oh, it's like, yeah. He has alone time now, which he probably wants, but doesn't love to ask for all the time. <laughs> you know, like he has time to be in the house alone, which he never gets. Mm -hmm. And you get to go out with your mom friends, girlfriends, guilt-free. You've completed all the stuff for the day. All the tasks are done. All the kids are down. And now it's time for you to go have fun. And it's mm -hmm. 7, 7.30. Like, that's not that late. <laughs> you can go hang out. And I will night. say, like, what, you could also have people over at your place. True. You know? We do that a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is true. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are ways to do it. And I, like, it's shocking to me that we're just now like, oh, we could do this. We could have been doing this this whole time. You're kidding me? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. And yeah, you guys are going through a lot of transition. If you both are newlyweds and both are your first time working, it's going to be hard with friends the first, the first few months, but you'll get the hang of it, but don't expect it for it all to click immediately. Cause that's a lot. If you guys both are starting work soon yeah, and yeah. are becoming husband and wife at the same time, like that's two massive rites of passage in the adult life. Right. I, yeah. And you mentioned scheduling it like, but even just scheduling in general, in my mind, every time a new month approaches, I'm like, okay, I'm going out to dinner with one girlfriend at one point this month. Mm -hmm. When is it going to be? What time is it going to be at? Like I make it totally reasonable and practical with our life. And I'm like, that's what's going to happen. And every time I'm like, I'm so freaking glad we did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not like, oh, I can't like, I, it's perfect that it happens once a month. It just, it's, that's perfect for the life that we have right now. So maybe just doing something like that, where you have one or two girlfriends that you're like, I really want to keep in touch with them, schedule something with them for one point during each month, whether it's a FaceTime yeah. or you go get coffee or you go get dinner, 
you can do dinner with a girlfriend at one point during like once a month in early marriage with a job change and everything, it'll actually probably do wonders for you. Having pre-scheduled is a game changer. It's the reason why Megan and I are so close. Yep. Because of this podcast. (laughs) It's pre-scheduled, right? So we get to hang out an hour before we even do the podcast. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And we were literally talking about this on our Patreon call this past uh, weekend. And you were like, oh, am I so lame? Like I schedule things now to like have fun. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I freaking do. And it's freaking worth it. And it's life-giving and it works for me. Okay. It's the only way you can do it these days. (laughs) Yeah. We talked on our Patreon about so much this past, this past week. We talked about how like the expectation that friendship is supposed to be easy, effortless, and that it will always be around is literally like literally none of those things are true. Yeah. Um, and then how to navigate them and what that's like. I love our Patreon. It's me too. If you want to join, literally it's the first Sunday of every month. Second, first, second Sunday. It's sorry. It's the second Sunday of every month. And it's just a group of us and we all get on zoom and hang out and talk and catch up. Um, and it's just awesome. And pretty much it's just a monthly donation of whatever you feel comfortable with, but it helps us continue to put this podcast on a free platform, um, Mm -hmm. and not put it behind a paywall. And we, it helps us just get to know like who's actually listening to this. So then we can kind of alter content more to, to that as well. So you can find everything in the show notes. Um, but yeah, any last hurrahs for this? I'm nothing, nothing, but I love when we talk about men versus women. Because then it's so much more fascinating. And the more you understand each other, the less you have to get frustrated with. Mm-hmm. You're so. like, it's literally just a part of them. I also recommend taking the working genius assessment. It's $25. Pat Lencioni, he's a business consultant. This changed our marriage. It changes businesses, how projects are done. The working genius will literally give you so much insight into who your spouse or you know partner, whatever partner you, who your spouse or man is. <laughs> um <laughs> And it's based, it's like 20% personality, 80% productivity. And you realize like, oh, this is just like not their genius. And this might be my genius. And so I can step into that. Anyways, it's fascinating. It's awesome. I would recommend it. Um, Pat Lynchioni is also Catholic and it's an um, great. Speaking of, well, now that we're throwing out like resources, the female brain and the male brain. There are two books by the same author. I can't remember the author's name, but if you just look up the female brain and the male brain on Amazon, they pop up right away. The first ones, Avery is reading the female brain. I'm reading the male brain. We're highlighting things, taking notes, and then being like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it's fascinating. It was recommended to us by our spiritual director and our priest. It's not Catholic at all. It's literally just like the psychological side and the biological side to men versus women and how they think throughout like childhood, through adolescence and teen years, through early marriage and like fatherhood. And it's just so, wow. so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. It's so good. I love that. I love that. Love and it. if you are looking for like learning more about the roles in a marriage, like more specifically like man and woman roles. Mm -hmm. Um, The books that I recommend are Diedrich von Hildebrand, literally 
in any book by him and his wife. Um, but it's called marriage, the mystery of faithful love get on Amazon. If you go to my Instagram and click the links highlight, you'll see them. Uh, the other one is St. John Chrysostom on marriage and family life. And then the one we're about to start is called dear newlyweds. Um, and it's Pope Pius the 12th, I think is speaking on that. Um, so yeah, you can check that out. There's also a, a book bought by Alice von Hildebrand. And I think it's called like letters to a newly married bride or something like that um has like a red heart on it but i'm gonna get that when i'm back to the states because i'm excited to read that but letters to a young bride or something like that okay yeah but yeah that's all we have for you for you today (laughs) that's it (laughs) yeah join us next week you need to go back to bed as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. join us next week for a great podcast with mari on the blessed oh my mother. gosh yes love her so much very excited yeah. for this one awesome well thank you guys for listening check out all of our sponsors and our show notes call in at 312-775-2615 and we'll see you next week bye guys bye thanks a ton for listening to the what in the dang heck podcast we'd love to hear your what in the dang heck moments so call our hotline at 312-775-2615 and don't forget to subscribe leave a rate and review share with your best friend and might as well follow us on instagram while you're at it